Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Leadership today is more than just a position in an organization. It's also a mix of proven practices that produce results. Welcome to Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. Our program will bring you the how and why of successfully led businesses or organizations with not-for-profit goals and how you can apply the Adesis Methodology and make it work for you. Now, here is Dr. Ishak Adesis. Hello, hello to everybody, wherever you are worldwide, and I would really like to know where you are because I'm eager to know who is listening to my speeches and to my training and my concepts. So again, I encourage you to write to me to ichak at adesis.com, you have my name, and tell me how you like it or you don't like what I'm saying so that I get some feedback. Maybe in the future it's going to be a live program and then it'll be easier. But right now it's all pre-recorded because of my travel schedule. As a matter of fact, again, I'm leaving the after tomorrow for Moscow for six weeks. And that's going to be not easy to be recording from there. So, here we are. What are we going to cover today? Well, I thought maybe what I should cover today is certain material which I have in the book, The Pursuit of Prime which uh, Adesis Institute has available, one of my 14 books. And at the end of the book, I have what I call management myth. What are those management myths? When people write books about management, I find out many authors point to absolutes. You should do this, you should do that. And, you know, uh, for instance, uh, the famous book is Search of Excellence. It became a bestseller and made a lot of money for the authors. Basically tells you here is how excellent companies are being run. All those books that, I don't know all, this one that I'm aware of, uh, ignore life cycle. What do I mean by that? What is right for a baby is not right for an older person. And what is right for an older person is not right for a person who is in the prime of his life. Doctor will have different treatments depending on where you are in the life cycle, right? You don't give a baby the medicine that you will give to all the person. There is a different magnitude or whatever it is. That's why doctors are also special as you have pediatrics and you have gerontologists. The different stages of the life cycle have different treatment. And why the different treatment? Because... What is normal in one stage of the life cycle can be abnormal in another stage of the life cycle. For a startup organization to be short on cash and to be struggling with cash 
that is normal, like it's normal for a baby to not control their uh, urinary tract, their discharge. But that will be pretty big abnormal problem for, a, for an adult, right? So what is normal and what's abnormal depends where you're in the life cycle. In psychology, it's called age-appropriate problems. And why were the problems we covered in other programs, in other sessions, in other shows? I don't want to get into it right now or read my books. We always will have problems, by definition, called life, because of life. But not all problems are normal. And not all problems are abnormal, depending where you are in the life cycle. Thus, what you do also depends where you are in the life cycle. It has to be contingent treatment, contingent management processes. And because some authors or some people or some theoreticians or some practitioners do not take into account the life cycle, they make absolute recommendations which are inappropriate for different stages of the life cycle. I even had a client of mine come to me and before he even hired me and gave me a lot of grief. You consultants, you're the second oldest profession in the world. He was really aggressive. He was offensive. And I didn't know why. Then I asked him what's going on. Well, he said, you know, I hired a consultant. He told me to do this and that. I almost, you know, went broke. What happened? Well, that reminded me of a cartoon I saw years ago in Wall Street Journal. Two winos, two homeless, two drunks sitting in, in, on a bench in a park with torn clothes, unshaved, definitely look homeless, holding a bottle in their hand, looking lost. And one says to the other, and there's the caption below the cartoon, and then my, my consultant told me to delegate. <laughs> they lost the company, they lost everything. They, the company went really into trouble. When do you delegate? When you don't delegate... When do you decentralize? When you don't decentralize. This all depends on the life cycle. So let's cover some of these absolutes. I call them myth. And see when they apply and then don't apply. It is the first one. Companies do not thrive under autocratic management. Autocrats. Basically, we should be more participative. We should be more understanding. We should be more open. Autocratic management is bad. Wrong. It depends where you're on the life cycle. Look, guys. Companies that are in their infancy, just their startups, the founder doesn't know what he's doing. He's managing by the seat of his pants or her pants. That's normal. Why is it normal? Because it's a startup. Look at the baby. They're constantly trying things out, dropping the the spoon on the floor, dropping food on the floor. Why are they doing that? They are trying things out. They are experimenting. And a startup company is experimenting. They don't know what the hell they are doing. That is normal. If they knew what they are doing, they would not be a startup. And because they don't know what they are doing, it is normal that the founder has to be autocratic. Why? Somebody has to be experimenting. Somebody has to be trying things out. And 
if you delegate at that stage, you are actually losing control and everybody has its own opinion of what should be done. The whole thing will go in so many different directions that we'll lose control of the company and it will go to hell. By the way, you know something? I came to this conclusion not by working with companies. I was really wondering why are companies in the startup managed usually by very hard-nosed, autocratic, uh, opinionated. They have opinion about everything. Uh, uh, they have two opinions. Yes, uh, uh, everything. <laughs> uh, what I think has to be my way, period. My way or no other way. What's going on here? Why are they so close-minded? Why are they so uh, autocratic, using the word constantly? Well, I got this insight by watching the animal channel on television. And watch what happens there. When animals have their babies, when they give birth, they become very dangerous. The, the radius that you're not supposed to cross is much larger. I learned this by taking a walking safari in Africa. I walked without a gun, by the way, just walked. And I asked the guide, wait a moment, are the animals going to attack us? I mean, this is dangerous walking, you know, and a lion can come in and attack us. And he said, no, 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 they will not attack us as long as we don't cross the radius of what they feel secure. As long as you don't attack them, they don't attack you. I said, what does that mean? He says, well, every animal has its own security zone. And if you know what the security zone is, what is the radius, then that's fine. They, they will not attack you. They will just look at you and let go. I said, wow. And then we approached a herd of, 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 of elephants. And one of the elephants was with the back to us. And then the elephant turned around. And the guide said, oh, my God. And he started running. And we had to run like crazy. What happened? That elephant was the mother. It had its babies. The moment you have babies, the zone where they want to feel secure is much bigger and we cross the line. We assumed that they don't have babies, we came close, and then when the elephant turned around, we found out, oh my God, we were within the zone. Luckily, the elephant did not charge at us. So all animals, when they have their babies, are very protective. They don't let anybody touch. Wolves. If you touch by hand a baby wolf, the mother will kill the baby. Why? Because it does not smell of her anymore. It smells of somebody else. So don't touch it. They're very protective. They are very, very protective. But the same thing is true when a company is born. The founder gave birth, has been dreaming about this company for a while. There was a gestalt, what's it called? A period when it was being produced, okay? I don't know what the word is, something with the G, gestaltive or something like that. Gestaltation or something, I forgot it, I don't have the right word in English. It is pregnancy, okay? And now that he gave birth to it, it's very protective, extremely protective. That's why he works very hard, day and night. He loses track of time, <laughs> ignores his family, ignores his children. He has a baby, like a mother has a baby. She totally devotes herself to that baby, or the baby will die. 
So having an autocratic manager in infancy, it's normal. It's not abnormal. It's normal. Period. Teamwork, by definition, calls for delegation. And delegation requires capability and sufficient experience to articulate what to do and what not to do. And in infancy, it is too early for the founder to achieve, to achieve this level of articulation. They cannot delegate because they don't know what they are doing. And you tell the founder, why don't you delegate? <laughs> why, why don't you have people better than you? Well, if I had bet people better than me, they probably are not working for me at that stage. Oh, my God. What is normal in infancy becomes abnormal later on. So what happens at the next stage of the life cycle? If you don't delegate, now it becomes a problem. The founder becomes a bottleneck. He needs to start making part. But delegation means participative management as well. It's not the same thing, but it is related to each other. So it has to be much more participative because you're getting further and further away from the, where the tires hit the road. You have to listen to people, what's going on. You have to create innovation from below, entrepreneurship from below, so the company can grow. One engine is not good enough for a company that is now in the go-go stage or the less, next stages of the life cycle. You need multiple engines. You need more people pulling the cart, more horses than just one horse. That's why participative management is necessary. When a company in the aging stages of the life cycle, when the company is falling really into trouble and it is now into recrimination according to Salem City when they're accusing each other, what's happening? Somebody has to be a strong hand, take over. Like in the Roman Empire, when there was a war, they would discontinue democracy. They will discredit and they will appoint a dictator for the rest for the for the time of the of the war. Somebody has to call the shots. We cannot spend the time participating and arguing. So, whether autocratic management is good or bad depends where you are on the life cycle. What is the other myth? After the break, let's take a break. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The ADESIS management methodology increases the speed at which organizations are able to implement change and solve their problems. The methodology introduces an innovative process, culture, and system that allow organizations to achieve dramatic growth in both revenue and profits. Build your success from within. ADESIS Management Methodology is delivered by the ADESIS Institute with offices worldwide. Introducing a new management paradigm. Visit www.adesis.com for the ADESIS Institute today. How do you feel about the future? Tune in each week for Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. You can be a great leader by learning from the inspiring stories of amazing visionaries who are shaping our future. Everyone deserves to create their own vision, and Kate and her guests will share the tools that you need to make it happen. Make a weekly visit to the Voice America Business Channel for Visionary Leader, Extraordinary Life, every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time 
8 a.m. Pacific Time. Be inspired. Become inspiring. The Adesis Speakers Bureau can present the Adesis methodology and its approach to harnessing the power of change to your top management team. The presentations, either in person or via a live video hookup, can be delivered in a two-, four-, or six-hour format. Participants can derive immediate benefit from the material and put their new knowledge to use right away. For luncheons, corporate retreats, and strategic planning meetings presented in a variety of languages, visit www.adesis.com. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. If you have a question or comment about the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to Yolanda at Adesis.com, spelled A like America, D like Denmark, I like Israel, Z like in Zambia, E like in Ecuador, and S like Spain. Now, back to the program. What is another myth? I have about 12 of them in the book, and there are probably thousands of them which I did not write yet. Having an agenda, this is usually almost a religion for some companies. They want to have an agenda for the meeting, and They assign minutes, how many minutes per item on the agenda. So everything is organized and efficient, and the meeting runs on time. You know what that produces? It produces a disease. It used to be called, uh, what is it? Today it is really PowerPoints. They turn the lights off, and now we start looking at charts, and charts, and charts, and charts, and charts. And half of the room is falling asleep, and the other half of the room is watching their own computers or making SMS messages or answering emails. What a waste of time. What's going on? Agenda with predetermined time is good for PA, and I, if you listen to my previous sessions or shows or lectures, you will know what PA means. PA means when it is a control and command, command and control. You tell people what to do, and now you want to know whether they did it. Perfect. Now we're going to spend 15 minutes on reports. What happened with that market? What happened with that product? What happened with that development? What happened with this problem? reports, and I'm allocating so many minutes for the report. There is no discussion, there is no innovation, nothing. It's reporting. I listen, decide, give new instructions, next subject. That is fine. For this kind of meetings, you should have agenda. Why? And time allocation. So people don't go into a rat hole. What is a rat hole? We have one problem, the people are reporting, they start a discussion, the discussion goes longer and longer and deeper and deeper, and all at once we are in an argue, arguing, 
the, we preempted the rest of the meeting and nothing else is covered and everybody is frustrated. No way. Thus, I claim that executive committee meetings, fine, or executive committee, executive committee meetings, collegium, whatever it's called, different companies, different industries around the world, those that are for command and control, you should have agenda and you should have time allocated per item and who should report, when they should report, how long they can speak, and then questions, any doubts, any disagreements, record them for next sessions, for next assignments, go to the next subject. And it should be very well organized. How? Here are the rules that I teach in companies. For these meetings, and I call them meetings, call them meetings, not other name, meetings. No material should be presented at the meeting. Because then people start reading the material, they don't listen to the presentation. All materials that is going to be discussed must be distributed to the meeting meetings members at least 24 hours prior to the meeting so that people can read them and prepare their questions, doubts, and disagreements. Next, you cannot come to the meeting unprepared. You must have read the material that was sent to you up front. If somebody starts looking through the material and starts learning the material during the meeting, it should be reprimanded severely. Come prepared with your notes. So, and then listen to whoever is presenting the subject so that you can participate. Period. The agenda should be announced in advance. No new item should be added during the meeting because that's how it preempts the agenda. There should be minutes of the meeting that the chairman reads and assures that they reflect his understanding of what the decisions being taken or not taken, and then it's distributed to the participants within 24 hours so that they know what happened and they agree with it. Period. That is running a tight ship. That is a way to run those meetings. God forbid you have only those meetings. That will be a disaster. Why? Because there is no forum to discuss things. The executive committee forum is for informing, for follow-up. But how about for deciding, making a decision? And I define what making a decision is in the previous show last week. When you're cooking, here we are serving the dish which was already cooked. But it needs to be cooked. Strategic planning needs to be cooked. We need to sit together and discuss things. We need to diagnose problems together. We need to plan together. This is the EI side, entrepreneurial and integrating side. This is your right side of the brain working rather than the left side of the right brain working. For that, we need a different forum. I strongly recommend that you have a different room where venue where these kind of sessions, I don't call them meetings anymore, I call them sessions to differentiate where those sessions are being held. And it should be a different room. It should be square rather than rectangle. For executive committee, rectangle room, long table, chair, you know, microphones, whatever, that's fine. Everybody looking at the presenter, 
and the chairman calls a meeting and watches the agenda. Very good. Command and control room. The EI room, where we plan, where we decide, where we make decisions rather than follow up on decisions, should be square. Or in one company that worked with me, they actually, when they build a building, they made it a round room so that we have a round table, horseshoe. There is no chair. We are here discussing things. Like in the Israeli army, when they come back, Air Force, when they come back from an action, from a, from a whatever, they were flying somewhere for on an operational flight, they sit around and they do a review of what happened during that operation, and the ranks are taken off. We are all equal. So that we can even criticize the commander. We are equal. It's an open space and safe environment. We are all equal in the discussion. And in that, in that room, you don't take decisions. You don't finalize. You only make decisions. We discuss. And then we sleep on it. And then we go to the executive committee. And that's where the decision is taken, assigned, and followed up. For the EI meeting, for the EI sessions, there should be no agenda. There should be a topic. Because if you make an agenda and you are lucky at only 15 minutes, you can get the abortion. You can get the, you know, miscarriage. Guys, making love to nine women to get a baby in one month does not work. It requires nine months. Don't push it. We don't know how long a certain subject will take. So have it a safe environment for people to express themselves, for them to think for them to listen, no pressure. You cannot be creative under pressure. So no agenda, topic yes. And what happens if we have time left, which by the way will never happen, but if it happens, okay, so we adjourn the meeting early. And what happens if it takes longer than the session that we planned for? Okay, so we continue at the next session. Give it time. You cannot predict how long it's going to be and don't pressure it because when you pressure it, you will lose the creativity, you will shut people's mind, you will shut their mouth and making people quiet does not make them converts. On the opposite, they continue thinking but you don't know what they're thinking and you will create bad decisions. Thus, when it is, you have to decide what kind of a get-together do we have. Is it to make a decision or is it to assign a decision and follow up on it? Two different meetings, two different rooms, two different agendas, two different climates, two different seating arrangements. It is different. I will, the analogy will be like... <laughs> You don't have a party in the church and have movies in the church. You go to pray there and you have to be quiet. There is a totally different environment in church. And you don't pray in the a, in a middle of a railway station <laughs> unless you're in trouble. Because in other words, different venues call for different behavior. Okay?
All right. And what's the next myth we are going to cover after this break? When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Learn about applying the ADESIS methodology in your organization's decision-making process. Our comprehensive training programs include a three-day introduction to the ADESIS methodology, Breakthrough to Prime, and Leading Highly Effective Teams, a detailed seven-day seminar. The seminars are valuable for corporate leaders, key executives, and others involved in the decision-making process. Our trainings are available around the world and in multiple languages. For more information about these and other training programs available, please visit adesis.com. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it will be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Join the Adesis Graduate School for online master's and Ph.D. programs. Get involved with in-depth research into how change can be managed on many levels across disciplines and cultures worldwide. The clinical programs train practitioners with methods that have been used with exceptional results by certified Adesis associates and clients for decades. Core concepts include the proven Adesis theory and spiral dynamics, an emerging theory of human social evolution. For more information, go to adesisgraduateschool.org. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. If you have a question or comment about the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to yolanda at adesis.com, spelled A like America, D like Denmark, I like Israel, Z like in Zambia, E like in Ecuador, and S like Spain. Now, back to the program. What's the next myth I would like to cover with you? There are so many of them. Again, I'm repeating what is right and what is wrong. I'm not talking about values, by the way. I'm not talking about values. In values, they are absolute. Values are absolute. Like, my value is I don't steal. Or in the case of my consulting practice, we copy the medical practice and we say, do no harm. Do no harm. You know, we just read the article about Goldman Sachs where they're doing harm. You know, to maximize the profits, they actually hurt their clients. That is absolutely unacceptable. In a disease institute, we have an ethics committee, and if somebody does that, my God, he gets fired instantly from the institute. 
will sometimes even give free service to a client if he ran out of his budget. So to be sure that we complete what needs to be completed so we do no harm. Do no harm. We do not work for profits or by profits. We work for profits but not by profits. We do what is right and then if it makes profits good, we aim to make profits as a byproduct of doing what is right. These are values. These are absolute values that you should have, by the way. And a good company, well-managed company, should sit down and say, what do we believe in? What are our values? By the way, how do you find it out? How do you find it out? Here is how you find it out. You know, I just, I've been thinking about it now for 40 years, and just recently I found out a way to define what those values are that are absolute. As a CEO of the company, one that is running the company, responsible for the company, responsible for the culture of the company, for its climate, for its behavior, for its values. Close your eyes. Ask yourself, and then ask your top management, ask your board of directors, ask the movers and shakers of the company. What do we want to be remembered by? It's applied from a personal life. When you die, what do you want to be remembered by? From the money you made? From how hard-nosed you were? How abusive you were? What do you want to be remembered by? What do you want your children to remember you by when they sit around the table and tell your grandchildren stories about you? What do you want to be remembered by? So for a company, the same thing. What does Apple want to be remembered by? If you read the book about Steve Jobs, what he really wanted to do is not build computers as much as he wanted to build a company, an innovative company, a company that's going to make a difference in the world, a company that's going to make a difference how people work. That's what he wants to be remembered by. And everybody will remember Steve Jobs for that. What do you want your company to be remembered by? For instance, in a business institute, I have my vision. 44 years, not changed. I want the company to be remembered by as a company that changed how management is taught and practiced around the world. Period. We made the difference. We made the difference in people's lives. How companies are managed, how the companies are taught and managed. I'm sorry, how management is taught and practiced around the world. That's it. That's my view. And that doesn't change. That does not change and will not change. And it's not changed for 44 years. And hopefully when I die, whoever is my successor will follow the same thing. And by the way, this value has to be unattainable. Why unattainable? Because if you achieve it, uh, then what the hell do you do now? <laughs> it's finished. No, 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 no. It is continuous. It's forever. Like truth is forever. Seeking truth forever. You always seek it. You always seek it. Justice. Truth. Integ integrity. You're constantly seeking it, seeking it, seeking it. We will never finish seeking how to improve managerial practices and my whole management is being taught. There is no end to it. 
that's a value. It's a permanent, continuous, and thus unattainable. It never ends. Unattainable means it never finishes. You cannot say, done, finished, now I can go to something else. So I'm not talking about values. What's right, what's wrong, as tools, depends on what needs to be done. What needs to be done. And what needs to be done, one of the factors that will impact what needs to be done is where are we on the life cycle? What you do with a baby is not what you do with a grown-up. With a baby, you better be strong, have boundaries, and be, be strong. If you are too participative, the baby goes crazy. They, they, they don't feel safe. But if you are very strong with an adult child, they might leave you and they don't want to be with you because you're suffocating them. Again, you see what is right and what is wrong. Depends where are you in the life cycle. So let's take another myth now. And that's the myth number three. And you hear a lot of speakers talk about organizations should be flexible, the environment is changing, uh, it is a white water rafting, thus you cannot be too, uh, uh, what is it called, uh, too stiff, let's use the word stiff, a flexibility as a secret of success in a rapid changing environment in which we live. Wow. Again, it depends on where you are in the life cycle. I've seen go-go companies, they're so flexible, going so many directions that they sink, okay? Why? They're not watching boundaries. They're not having a focus. They spread themselves too thin. They chew more than they can swallow. Their eyes are bigger than their mouth. Go-go companies become arrogant. They went from infancy to go-go, from poverty to richness. All at once, it's like a baby. The world opens in front of them and everything looks interesting. And they go in all different directions. Or it will be like a certain plant comes the spring, and one night when you wake up in the morning, blah, blah, it all goes in multiple directions, all kind of branches, it becomes a bush. But if you do not cut some of the, some of the uh, 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 arms of this bush, if you do not refocus the energy, it will not become a tree, it will remain a bush. Gogo companies need to refocus their energy because they spread themselves too thin. They're too flexible. They have to decide what not to do. Not what else to do, but what not to do. I'm emphasizing this because we live in a world, not of, I'm talking about developing, developed countries now, not of scarcity, but of abundance. When I go to a developing country, you will find out that they are doing many things. You go to a store and it is really <laughs> everything. They have produce and they sell also telephone and they also sell batteries and they also sell uh, clothes. What the heck is going on? Such a small store. Look at the window. 
my God, it's crowded, everything there. What is, what is this store all about? So when you challenge them and you ask them, why don't you specialize? They say, because the market is too small. We have to do multiple things and it's dangerous to specialize. You know what? They're right. They are right. So flexibility that is necessary for survival because there is scarcity. But when there is abundance, if you try to do everything, you know what's going to happen? You're going to be obese. <laughs> you are going to be in trouble because you're going to be opportunity driven rather than opportunity driving. Management in environment of abundance requires self-control, requires discipline, requires some lack of flexibility. It requires to be opinionated. I, I, you know, I, I've been wondering when I look at the people in the United States, how many people are obese? My God, we have definitely an obesity problem, don't we? Even children are obese. What's going on here? They don't know how to say no. They don't have self-discipline. Some of them know what is right, what is the right thing to eat. They just have no self-control. They are addicted to food. There's even overeaters anonymous. They overeat. Who is going to survive in an environment of abundance? Those that know how to say no. Those that can establish self-imposed boundaries. That decreases flexibility. Flexibility is necessary for a growing company. Flexibility is necessary for aging company to rejuvenate them. But when you are beyond Gogo, when you're in Gogo, adolescence and prime, you need to decrease the flexibility. You have to set up boundaries. So again, what is right, what is wrong, depends on the conditions that you're faced with. Be careful not to take absolutes. The only thing that is absolute are values. And they're forever. Like God is forever. Love is forever. Truth, integrity are forever. Values. Everything else, it all depends. What is the other myth? The last myth in the next break. After the next break. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Dr. Ishak Adesis is one of the leading management experts in the world. He has written 14 books that address the challenges facing top management. Books by Dr. Adesis can be found in 24 languages. They can be purchased at the Adesis store at www.adesis.com or on Amazon.com. Electronic versions are now available for three of the books with more to come. These books reflect over 40 years of study in the fields of management and organizational change. Pick up a copy of one of the books for yourself or as a gift today. Top Leaf is a turnkey management development curriculum that consists of a set of 20 to 30 minute videos presented by Dr. Ishak Adesis, creator of the methodology and founder of the Adesis Institute. The Adesis methodology is considered by many to be a solid foundation for all organizational development. The Top Leaf curriculum is made up of three programs. 
top leaf can be used by individuals, by organizations, and by trainers and consultants looking for new content to offer their clients. For more information about Top Leaf, visit www.adesis.com. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. If you have a question or comment about the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to Yolanda at adesis.com, spelled A like America, D like Denmark, I like Israel, Z like in Zambia, E like in Ecuador, and S like Spain. Now, back to the program. If you're a startup company, you're starved for cash. Jokingly, I say, they will sell their mother-in-law for cash. Anything, cash, cash, cash. What's going on here? Why are they so preoccupied with cash? Because it's like a baby. Look at the baby. Every so many hours, they need more milk. And, you know, you, you might even get upset. Why you need milk? I mean, I already just gave you milk two hours ago. The baby is crying. More milk. Wants to suck more. I mean, why? Because it's growing. Same thing with a growing company. They need more cash. For what? For working capital. If not to talk about investments. And they, they will need for investments too. But for sure, they need for working capital. So if you're growing and your sales are going up and up and up and up, you might fall into the... <laughs> I've seen this happen. They say, My, our sales are going up. Our revenues are going up. Why are we going bankrupt? What's going on here? Because you need more and more working capital. That's why. You need working capital to finance your receivables. You need more capital to finance your inventory. Why? Because your sales are going up. You're growing you need to finance that growth. You need cash. So what happens with a growing company, especially if it's successful? If it's successful, just the success is the source of the trouble. Then they start looking for investors. Investors, investors, investors. Be very, very, very careful. Some investors are like the wolf in the red What's called Red, uh, Red Hood, uh, whatever is the name of that children's story. They come in, they look friendly, and they will eat your life. What happened? Some investors do not share your vision. They do not share your values. Why did you start the company? Why do you have a company at all? Why did you quit your job? Why you left your family even for this company? 
You have a fire burning in your tummy. You have a fire. You have a desire. You want to achieve something. You want to do something. They have a different agenda, some of them. Their agenda is a fast back, buck. They want to invest the money and want to have a fast turn around. Fast, they want to flip. They want to have a fast return on investment. And what's going to happen? They might kill your company. I've seen it so many times, it is tragic. The founder brings the founder, the investors, the inventors start putting pressure on him, don't do this, don't do that, don't invest this money, don't invest that money. And what are they doing? They're starting to milk the calf. They're not feeding the calf. They are milking the calf. And they kill the company. But if they kill the company, are they not killing their investment? No, no, no. They might get their investment out, their return out, and the company is dead. Especially if they get a seat on the board of directors. I've seen them even fire the founder, which is the source of the knowledge. They just want to stabilize the company, squeeze as much money out of it as possible, as fast as possible, and move on. Hyenas. Very dangerous. What kind of money you want? You want smart money. People that bring you more than money. They bring you a market. They bring you technology. They bring you strategic alliances. And people that share your values and share your vision. But you cannot find them. Scale down your operation. Scale down your dreams. <laughs> Eat less. Close your eyes a little bit. Don't be looking for the big things. Scratch. There's an expression in my culture. Stretch your legs as big as a bed is. If the bed is small, don't stretch your legs so big, so, so far. Accommodate to the reality. But for sure, don't bring just money. Because with money comes demands. And those demands might kill your vision, might kill your dream. Let me give you an example from my Adesis Institute. I've had the Institute for now for 44 years. We never took money from the outside. There are no outside investors. You know, with the methodology we have, with the track record we have, with the testimonials we have, with the success we have, we could be today a $100 million company, $200 million company. And people ask us, how come we are not one of the biggest consulting firms? I said, I don't want to. We keep the institute on purpose small, boutique, so that we don't have to chase clients to be able to pay the bills. No way. We never chase the clients. You don't see us advertising. It's word of mouth, circle of trust. People come to us because of our track record. We do not chase. Because the moment you chase, what happens? You start compromising. Compromising to get the, the contract. Compromising to get the And then when you bring outside investors in my company, in the institute, what is the danger? That they're going to ask for, invest, for, for return on investment, profit orientation. And what happens now? Start chasing clients, compromising the methodology, maybe even, God forbid, doing hurt, hurting the client. 
And what's happening? You're like some doctors that are performing unnecessary surgeries because they have to make money. They want to make money. No bloody way. No bloody way. You have to watch what is your vision. What are your values? And then your decisions are driven by that value. So, do you have a vision? Do you have a value? Or you're just there to make money? Because if you're just to make money, it's very easy to do that. You just prostitute yourself, you make money. Is that what you want? Is that what you want to be remembered by? Is that what you're going to leave behind when you die? If yes, well, the glory to you. Fine. As long as you're comfortable with your decision, that's what it is, that's what it is. But if not, watch out. Whom do you bring? Who brings you money? What do they bring with the money? <laughs> I have a joke about it, too, which will probably remind you of this message. There was a lady that had a big diamond you know, hanging over her neck in the middle of her chest. And big diamonds usually have a name. So they asked her, what's the name of your diamond? And she says, ah, it's Goldberg's Curse. They say, why is it called the Goldberg Curse? Because it comes with Mr. Goldberg. So there is a diamond, but it comes with a collateral obligations. So you get money. What do you get together with the money? It's not only money. Watch out for the collateral obligations that come with the money. So not always money is good. Some money could be bad. That is a myth that I wanted to communicate to you in this session. I thank you very much for listening to me. And we have another two, three minutes. So maybe I should cover with you in these two, three minutes that profits should not be the focus of your work. It should be the result of your work. The focus of your work should be your clients, satisfying your clients, having repeat clients, and satisfying them in a way that you make profits. So profit is a byproduct. Or using the monster.com logo for finding a job. Find something you will do for free and then ask them to pay it. And what is it that you are willing to work for free? Something that satisfies you. Something that enriches you. Something that you are willing to work for free. Then get paid. Same thing here. Satisfy the clients and get paid for it. But the focus is on satisfying the clients within the values you believe in. Something you want to be remembered for. That is the driving force of your organization. Thank you very much and see you next week.
Thank you again for joining us this week for Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. Please tune in again next Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, enjoy your weekend and a successful week.